Hello everyone and welcome to the Good Ode Days, where we celebrate Emerald Media Group alumni. I am your host, Brennan Ferber, and my guest today is Rebecca Wollington. Rebecca is an Oregon native who attended Portland Community College before transferring to the University of Oregon, where she wrote for the Daily Emerald. After working for the Oregonian for almost nine years, she landed a job as the investigative editor at the Tampa Bay Times, where she won a Pulitzer Prize for her story on a lead smelting factory in Tampa. In this interview, me and Rebecca discussed how she found and put together this award-winning story, as well as how the Daily Emerald helped prime her for success. I had a blast doing this interview, and I hope that you will enjoy it as much as I did. So, without further ado, here's Rebecca. I guess let's just start with you introducing yourself. Okay, so I'm Rebecca Wollington, and I'm the investigative editor at the Tampa Bay Times. Excellent. And uh, we'll start a little bit with your background uh, and just how you got started in journalism. Is it a career that you wanted to pursue from the get-go or is it something that kind of came later? Um, it came while I was in college. Um, so I initially um, went to community college in Portland. Um, I'm from Portland, Oregon. Um, and I was pretty unsure what I wanted to do. Um, I thought about... Um, you know, maybe being a hairdresser. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to ma major in criminal justice. Um, and maybe, maybe I want to be a police officer. And then I decided, uh, specifically a detective. Um, and then I decided that wasn't the right fit for me. Um, and so I was kind of floundering um, in my first year of community college and just taking general education classes. And um, my mom actually suggested that I should try journalism because it's kind of a blend of investigation, which I was interested in, um, and why I was drawn to being, um, you know, maybe wanting to be a detective and writing. Like I'd always liked to write as a child. And so, um, you know, she suggested that and it was just a perfect fit for me. Um, so I started, um, so I changed my major to journalism. Um, I spent three years at PCC, and then I transferred to the U of O, um, got a journalism degree, worked at the Daily Emerald, um, and then um, got into, you know, got my first professional job um, right out of school. And were you a part of any publications at PCC, or was it only when you switched to U of O that you started writing? Only when I switched to U of O. Um, I just did some writing for my classes, um, but um, I didn't start joining any of the student publications until I got to the U of O. Okay, so yeah, let's shift to the U of O. Uh, you come in as a transfer. Was there anything specifically that you found enticing about the Daily Emerald as a young journalist? Yeah, I mean, um, so I started this the summer of my um, junior year. And I mean, I just felt like the learning like I just, I was learning so much quicker at the Emerald, you know, cause you have to go out and like actually do the job. Um, and I, I learned a lot in my classes, but it was really just putting those skills to use at the Emerald day after day or like assignment after assignment. Um, so that, that was where I felt like I was starting to actually grow and understand how to do journalism. Yeah. And what was your job there? What desk were you a part of? Um, so in the summer, I freelance stories. Um, so I did some features for them. And then um, I started as um, a cops reporter. And then um, after, I think, like, just a couple months, I became news editor, one of the news editors. There were two news editors. Um, and then I just, I finished out my senior year as news editor there. Okay. Were there any, like, 
big skills you think that you got from there that are still helping you with your job at the Tampa Bay Times and then the Oregonian when you left? Yeah, I mean, I think just like I said, doing obviously doing journalism um, day in and day out, you learn how to write a story, um, you learn how to talk to people, um, you learn how to do stuff quickly too, because you're always on deadline and you're mm-hmm. balancing schoolwork with, um, you know, work for the paper, which now just feels crazy. Um, uh, so that like it, it taught me to be fast. Um, and I think it also quickly, um, taught me how to really question um and you know stand up to authority and like hold people accountable like it it started getting me comfortable with those like tougher conversations was there ever a time during your curriculum where you considered switching to another field in communications maybe like pr or advertising or was investigative journalism always the goal um no, I actually double majored in magazine and um, advertising. Okay. I was just really interested in um, advertising. So I just did it as a double major. Um, I was like interested in like media literacy issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did it from like a more academic perspective. Um, but I was interested in long form journalism kind of from the get go. Um, but after um, I, I had a moment my senior year where I wondered if I wanted to go to law school Um, but then I got an internship out of school and just decided journalism was definitely the right fit for me. Yeah. And I know you mentioned in one of your biographies that environmental journalism was something that you had an interest in. And then you covered it, of course, in your piece uh, where you won the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, is that something that you always wanted to balance too? No, not, no, not at all. Actually. Um, I came out of, um, school and I had some general assignment jobs first and then at um, my first like professional job was at the Oregonian, um, and I covered uh, cops in a bureau um, in uh, Washington County, actually. Um, and I did that for several years, um, and then joined the I team at the Oregonian, and was covering law enforcement and criminal justice then. Um, and I loved covering criminal justice, like really, really loved it. Um, and I could have seen like doing that, you know, for a good chunk of my career. But then when I came here, I actually got um, assigned the envir- environment beat on the I team um, and found that I really love that too. So, um, you know, it's been a new, I guess, like, um, subject area that's become a passion um, for me. I've really enjoyed covering these issues so far. Yeah, definitely. So you graduate UO, you go work at the Oregonian, you worked there for almost nine years, right? Um, uh, yeah, when did I, um, I left the Oregonian in fall of, yeah, yeah, so like eight and a half years, yeah. Yeah, is that a job that you felt qualified for at the time right out of college or was it a little intimidating? Oh, it was definitely intimidating, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, I, you know, when, when I got to the Oregonian, I was, I was a fellow intern. So um, I was a year long intern, and then I got renewed for another year long, like fellowship. And um, I was one of the only interns at the time in the bureau. Um, We had, you know, a lot of staff reporters, the Oregonian was a lot bigger at that time. Um, And so there was a lot of older staff reporters um, in the bureau still. And yeah, it was extreme. They were all so good. You know, I would listen to them on the phone and they were all so good. Um, So it was very intimidating, Uh, amazing and like super, super fun, but um, very intimidating. So what 
kind of things factored into the decision to go across the country to Tampa Bay times to leave the Oregonian after being there for so long? Um, I had been there for a long time. Um, I was, um, I'm from Oregon. Um, I, I wanted to experience a different place. Um, I wanted to live somewhere else, somewhere totally different from Oregon. Um, and I had been a huge fan of the Tampa Bay times for a really long time. Um, a fan of their narrative journalism, um, as well as their investigative journalism. So it, it had always kind of been a dream job to me, um, a dream place to work at. And, um, so when I saw there was an opening I definitely wanted to apply for it. Okay. Yeah. And investigative journalism, let's get into that a little bit. Uh, obviously hence the name requires a lot of investigating, a lot of research. Uh, so is, I guess my question is, is burnout something that you experience often? And if so, like, how do you keep that drive to keep producing content? Yeah, it definitely gets hard. I mean, it's, um, you know, being on an investigative team, you have to measure, um, you kind of have to, I guess, first measure your productivity a little bit different. Like I'm not writing a story every day and, um, that can be kind of strange. It can, and, and it can make, um, at times it can feel, you know, like a slog, you know, you're just going through tons of documents and data, um, you know, your source list for potential interviews is, you know, hundreds of people long and mm -hmm. it can just feel very daunting. Um, but I guess what always is energizing to me is when all of the pieces start to click and you start to see the patterns and you start to, um, you know, kind of fit the puzzle pieces together. And um, that part is so fun um, that it really does um, make it feel um, doable, you know, and exciting. It keeps it exciting. Um, and you have to like, in, in an investigative job, you know, your, your excitement is getting the documents that you thought you couldn't get or landing the interview that, that you, um, you know, didn't think you were capable of, of landing. Um, those are like the, the daily wins, you know, and, um, it's that like keeps it exciting and keeps you moving forward. Um, in terms of like burnout, um, you, you know, obviously it's important to like take breaks. Like I try to go running I try to go hiking, um, you know, just to like clear my mind and make sure that I'm, um, you know, taking care of myself. Yeah. Um, and investigative journalism, I know for all the historians out there, they were called muckrakers back in the day, kind of digging up the dirt. Uh, so do you deal with a lot of scrutiny and criticism from the public? Has that been a challenge at all in this line of work? Um, not so far here or for me um, in Oregon. I've been quite fortunate in in that regard. Um, obviously you can deal with um, pushback or, um, you know, the, um, of whoever you're investigating at the time, um, but more broadly from the public, I have not, no. Okay, and yeah, let's get into your award-winning story about the, the lead, which, hey, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Uh, but the, yeah, the smelting factory in Tampa Bay, how is that a story that you came across? How'd you find that piece? Yeah, so um, when I joined, um, right before I joined 
the Tampa Bay Times, um, my colleagues on the story, Corey Johnson and Eli Murray, had actually been reporting on lead um, in the water at Hillsborough County Schools. Um, Tampa is located in Hillsborough County, so it's a local county here. And um, they had been reporting on that. And during the course of the reporting, um, a source actually gave Corey a report um, that showed that Hillsborough County had the highest number of lead poisonings in Florida. Um, and the report also said that a battery recycling plant was um, one of the like key um, contributing factors. And so Corey quickly discovered that it was um, Gopher Resource was a recycling plant, um, which is a, a lead smelter. They recycle car batteries um, and basically uh, take the lead out and then um, create new blocks of lead um, and sell them. Um, and so um, he also quickly found out that they had, um, that the air around the plant, the community air, had been out of federal um, air quality regulations. Um, so that made it of interest too. Um, so essentially when I got to the Tampa Bay Times a little bit afterward, um, I then got assigned to the story to help them figure out um, what was going on. Okay, and how long did it take to develop? Um, the story on Gopher took 18 months for the first one. Wow. Okay, yeah. And, yeah, and I know at the Daily Emerald specifically, a lot of it is, it's like you said, it's really autonomous, really fluent. You kind of, you report on your interest, you send it into the editors, you know, they put it out, rinse and repeat. So at the Tampa Bay Times, where you're working on pieces with up to three people sometimes, uh, is that a little challenging or do you think it uh, is more beneficial? Um, I think for an investigative project, I think collaboration is a really positive thing um, because you can bring different skill sets um, to the table. And, um, you know, you have three, I think three heads are better than one in an investigative story. So we were constantly, um, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, you know, we kind of divvied up the work um, later on um, to where, you know, Corey might be going and knocking on the doors of workers. I'm reading, you know, medical records and talking to experts. Eli's doing data analysis. And so it allowed us to do many things at once instead of one person having to do all of that work. Yeah, and that makes sense. When you were working on the story for that 18 months, was it something that you were thinking at the time, this is going to be huge, like this is going to win me a Pulitzer Prize? Or were you shocked with how it was received? Um, no, I definitely didn't think it was going to win uh, a Pulitzer. Um, I, uh, you know, we we definitely um, knew it was a big, important um, issue and like story to do in our community. Um, that's why, you know, we felt okay dedicating 18 months to tell it. Um, we knew that like this was very important for the lives of those workers and that the conditions needed to be revealed. But otherwise, you never know how your story is going to land. You don't know how people are going, what people are going to think of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I certainly try not to think like, oh, you know, this might, I, I, I don't think about awards like early on. Um, I just, I can't do that. So yeah. Have there been any stories that you've put maybe even dating all the way back to the Oregonian or the Emerald that you were really proud of, but that you didn't think uh, had the success that they maybe should have? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there were, um, and I think they didn't have the success because I didn't, I was too, I was green and I didn't know exactly how to do all of the things to like 
help make it be successful, you know, to tell all of the pieces. Like, I think a big thing in the gopher story was that we, we showed in the first part how these workers were being harmed. And then in the second part, we showed the regulatory failure. In Oregon, I wrote a story about an inmate who died in jail. Um, jail medical staff had ignored multiple pleas um, for, she had pled to them multiple times for help. Uh, she was suffering from heroin withdrawal and um, they ignored her. And she told them that they were, that she felt like she was going to die and they didn't do anything and she died. And, um, you know, that was like, I told her story, kind of wrote a narrative um, about like chronicling what happened to her while she was in jail. Um, but I didn't do anything more systemic. And I think had I set out to tell a story with more scope, potentially it could have had more impact. Um, so I think you just learn those things. I was a beat reporter at the time. I think you learn those things as you go. And, you know, when you're on an I team, you also have the luxury of time and, um, you know, more resources to be able to dive into more systemic issues and bring more scope to your stories. Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting. When you're working on stories like that, and obviously the, the lead factory, which is a big environmental issue, is it hard to keep, make it a little less opiniony? Do you find yourself having to weed out some of your own uh, thoughts and opinions? Or have you no. been trained for so long? No, yeah. I mean, no, because we, you know, part of an investigation is, you know, our, our story is proving wrongdoing by this company, you know, and we have to make sure that our investigation is bulletproof. And um, that means, you know, no opinion. Um, it's just straight facts. Like, and um, it, it isn't hard, honestly, to, to keep it to that. Um, Okay. Yeah. And I want to end with one last question. Uh, if you were able to go back in time, all the way back to, you know, young Rebecca still at PCC or, or the Daily Emeralds, what's one thing, one piece of advice you would give yourself? Oh, gosh. Um, I think that's a really good question. I think I would have wanted to try to tell um, to do more long form stories earlier on and to push myself. And, um, I think that I, um, you know, when you're young, like, you know, you need to learn your beat. Um, but I think that, um, I struggled to have like some of the confidence to maybe like be a little bit more experimental, um, you know, on my beat and like, um, you know, like do, I, I, I tried to tell stories that challenged me and I tried to do, you know, accountability journalism from the start, but I wish I would have like, um, you know, played a little bit more around with um, craft and um, kind of creativity earlier in my career. I just didn't have the confidence to do that. I think it's hard, but um, I wish I would have done that. Okay. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me for this interview. Uh, yeah, really good. Got a lot of good stuff. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.